Welcome to Not Boring Founders. I'm your host, Packy McCormick. And today I'm here with Brandon Arbanagi, the CEO and co-founder of Meow. Brandon, I think the most fun place for us to start because you're a serious company with a serious mission, you're serious about compliance, right. and your name is Meow. Can you explain how you came <laughs> to that name? Yeah, so I don't think the future of companies in the cryptocurrency space belongs to companies named block yield or treasure bit or something like that. You know, you, you pick a name like that, you pigeonhole yourself. Uh, the future belongs to companies that have happy names that can be whatever they need to be in a year for their customers. I mean, the space is so high entropy. No one knows what it is on a month to month basis, let alone year, year to year. So Meow's a happy name and we're, we're going to be around for a hundred years. So we'll get to what that hundred year vision looks like. What is <laughs> Meow today? Yeah. So Meow is an alternative to a savings account uh, for businesses. We offer potential yields of 4% with three business day withdrawals. Now you compare that to a traditional bank account, it's night and day. They're getting, you're getting like 0.5%, 0.3% best case and inflation is, you know, eating your lunch. Uh, so we're an alternative and, you know, corporates are obsessed with us for that reason. It's interesting because like the difference between 0.01 and 4% seems little and maybe in a year or two years, it's a meaningful difference, but nothing crazy. If you let that compound over time, that can get right. huge. So what is your kind of pitch to, to companies when you're talking to them that's like, yeah, it's 4%, but it's crypto. And so that scares me. How, how do you kind of make that pitch? Yeah, so it's crypto without the crypto. And that's, again, the future of crypto, in my opinion. Uh, businesses will only send us cash. They only ever deal with cash. It's cash in, compounding interest by the day, and cash out. We handle all the crypto nonsense behind the scenes and how we're sourcing the yields is from crypto markets. Uh, so we take their dollars, we partner with certain lending desks in the crypto space with very, very reputable backgrounds. And we also go directly to DeFi protocols. Uh, quite soon we'll be announcing that. Uh, we, we lay out the risks very clearly. We take a compliance first approach and we just fundamentally believe the risk here is mispriced compared to the legacy finance alternatives. Why do you think that risk is mispriced? Well, in large part, a lot of CFOs take skepticism about crypto as kind of a badge of honor. Uh, but honestly, what's not their fault is that there has not been a compliant way for new capital to enter these markets historically. It's either been you need to own your own wallet, which nobody wants to deal with, or you need to take a leap of faith on the compliance side with certain companies. We offer a clean black and white compliant uh, solution for new capital to enter the markets. We want to get billions and billions into these markets because it's it's just fundamentally mispriced in my opinion. So the, when we talk, one of the words that comes up most often is the word compliant or compliance. What specifically does that mean without giving away the secret sauce? Like how does compliance work and what does it mean to build this company compliance first? Yeah. So a lot of companies that you see building entirely crypto native, it's because it's it's challenging to bridge traditional finance and crypto markets and cryptocurrencies. I mean, there's a lot of know-how. You need to have a thorough AML policy. You need to understand different different laws like securities laws. Uh, it's easier to build crypto native, and that's a lot of fun. That has a big place in the future of this industry. Now, when you want to bridge these worlds, 
you have to do a lot of legwork and you have to know what you're doing. Uh, so our, our background, we're a team of five X Gemini engineers. Uh, we feel very well suited to do that. You know, Gemini is a company all about trust and compliance. We're, we take that seriously as well. That makes sense. Do you see over time kind of as regulation changes, you looking more like kind of an open crypto type company, but for now compliance is kind of the moat or how do you see kind of the space evolving as regulation evolves? Yeah, I think it'll only get uh, clearer and easier for more companies to, to try to do what we're doing. And, and, we, and we love that. We want, we want capital to enter these markets however they can. And our priority is really just serving our customers. So if they want to interact with these yield sources with their own wallet, then we'll make that happen. Right now, corporates want to only deal with cash. They do not want, you know, as cool as it, as it is to have NFTs in the balance sheet, that's a marketing campaign more than anything. They, they want better returns on their cash, potentially better returns. And we offer that. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So as you're thinking about kind of evolving the product, so right now you said, you know, potential for 4% yields, you said soon you'll announce, but I think you just kind of did announce, uh, you know, integrating <laughs> with DeFi protocols, you know, what yeah. will that product look like at that point? Will it be conversations with corporate treasuries saying, Hey, if you want kind of the lowest risk option, we can get you 4%. If you want a high risk option, if you want to go crazy and, and stake on, you know, Olympus Dow, we'll get yep. you 7,000%. Like where, where do you draw the lines? Believe it or not, Becky, we've already, I mean, some of the corporates we've talked to, some of the offices we've talked to, they think the 4% potential offering is, is uh, too low risk for their appetite. They are already asking for some of these 10, 15% potential yield offerings. So that's something we're building now, but we're thinking much, much bigger than this too. That's kind of the phase one of the company. Phase two, we think we can build an entirely new kind of financial institution built entirely on crypto rails uh, while abstracting away the crypto. Without giving away too much of the roadmap, what are some other things that you see as kind of potential offerings in a crypto native financial institution? Yeah, certainly. So who likes ACH? Who likes wires? You know, your, your billing suite, it's the bane of your existence probably. Now, if you can take the instant settlement of some of these stable coins on low fee networks, uh, you have a thousand X improvement in UX uh, and you can do it in a fully compliant way. Now, again, it's not easy to do this. It's not easy to bridge legacy finance to these payment rails. There's a lot of compliance considerations. There's a lot of engineering considerations. And I think a team that came from the ground floor of an exchange uh, is the right one to do it. Makes sense. How, how do you think about the decision to kind of plug in different pieces of the ecosystem? We talk a lot about composability. In fact, there are protocols out here yep. versus like building just something that is very clean and easy to build. Like how do you think about what parts of the stack you should be building in and owning and what parts you should be integrating with? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I credit my co-founder Bryce Crawford to a lot of this. He's such a laser focused guy. And it's always about what the customer wants and nothing else. So we can't get distracted by, uh, you know, shiny objects along the way. We build exactly what the customers want to ex their exact specification and then build the next ring outside of that and the next ring. So we have a roadmap very much dictated to us by what our customers want. And that's, that's always going to be the story here. That makes, that makes sense to me. But so digging it even deeper there, like what specifically is happening? They're putting their cash in, you yeah. are giving it to somebody who lends into DeFi or yep. just walk me through the, the mechanics there a little bit. Right, yeah. So in the short run, we partner with trading desks that uh, are in the crypto space. So they deal with crypto markets. These trading desks then in turn 
lend primarily to crypto hedge funds, for example. And a lot of these yields come from very low risk arbitrage, like uh, Contango and Bitcoin futures. So if there is a 7% you know, premium on futures in the Bitcoin markets, then someone is willing to borrow at 5%, 6% very easily and take advantage of that spread. Uh, so we just source some capital from that, uh, for that arbitrage from corporate treasurers, et cetera. And now this is a way we can potentially offer 4% to these people because it's low risk arbitrage on the back end. Uh, that's, that's a big back backbone of the yield offering that we currently have. Now, when it comes to DeFi protocols, uh, it's a little bit more technical, but DeFi protocols allow you to lend and borrow without a middle person, uh, which is really cool. And every time you borrow from a DeFi protocol, in the vast majority of cases, you have to secure your position. You have to over collateralize. So if you borrow $100 worth of USDC, you might have to put up $150 worth of ETH or wrapped Bitcoin or something like that. Now that we can also provide a bridge directly to that. And we're, we're going to soon for the corporates who are interested in that. Why hasn't this, I guess it sounds like kind of a almost riskless art, but why hasn't that been traded away yet? Yeah, I, I would, I hesitate to ever say riskless. Of course there's, there's risk in every opportunity. I personally believe that compared to legacy finance alternatives, you're, you're, you're comparing this to a corporate junk bond. And I, I personally believe the risk profile is night and day. Uh, and again, capital has not found its way to these markets in large part because there hasn't been a catalyst for that to take place. But COVID flipped the world on its head. I mean, inflation skyrocketed. Alternative asset yields no longer became a cute hobby. It became a necessity for a lot of corporate treasurers who are watching their wealth deteriorate. Our game for the broader crypto ecosystem is to get a lot more capital into it. That benefits every honest project in this space trying to change the world. Uh, and that's we think there's a lot of untapped potential in the corporate markets, and that's that's what we're going for here. So, how do you think about competition? As you said, you know, you, you welcome it, you want kind of more money to come into the space, but yeah. that's one of the questions for me that's always the most fun. I think in Web three is how kind of competitive advantage happens when things are a little bit more open and when you can snap in different protocols and all of that. So, where do you think your source of competitive advantage comes from? Well, we hope that more uh, yield opportunities come out in the crypto native world, because that just gives us more options for our customers. We're really not in competition with any DeFi native protocol. We're not in competition with any other company. This is a rising tide lifts all boat kind, uh, boats kind of business. We're an abstraction. So we can wrap a lot of different yield offerings, which is great. Can you help me think through like how big the market is today and then how big you think the market can get and what it's going to need to take to kind of get from point A to point B? Yeah, I mean, the market is, is gigantic, obviously. For, I mean, we're, we're trying to take money from traditional savings accounts into, into Meow. So I, I can't even talk about that. I mean, the numbers are, are astronomical there of, of what can be done there. But then it gets even bigger when you talk about kind of the new paradigm for what a fully integrated financial institution looks like. You have your yield offering. You know, we have a, we have a clean dashboard. We have daily interest earned, et cetera. But what happens then when you introduce bill pay, bill pay when you introduce paying a contractor, et cetera? and making that programmatic, doing things programmatically with your money that you would never be able to do with an ACH or wire. I mean, I can't even fathom like how big it could be if we execute properly and execution and focus are, we think about that every second of every day. So we want to get there. We think the, the, you know, there's, there's no limit to this. We think. I had a conversation with somebody the other day who made a really good point that like, you know, the protocols themselves have to be minimally extractive. They're kind of open source software. And so if they end up charging 5% fees, then yep. somebody will fork the protocol and do the same thing, but with 0.5% fees and kind of the demand will move there. You're sitting yep. a layer up from that. As you said, you're an abstraction layer. You're essentially an aggregator of capital. 
And so you actually, I think, probably have more power in the crypto value chain. How do you think about pricing the product given that? And how do you think about uh, kind of the interplay between all the different kind of pieces of the value chain? It's not so much about making money up front. It's about providing the best customer experience, creating these bridges. These bridges are not easy to make. So this is not like a short-term thing. Uh, creating a sustainable bridge here, getting more capital into it, becoming synonymous with kind of the, the blue check mark of a bridge to DeFi. Uh, Meow is a blue check mark to, to DeFi protocols effectively. That's what we're going for right now. <laughs> That's really cool. Because I mean, yeah, if, if you know, what I wrote about BlockFi, one of the big things that I got from people was like, great, so now yep. we're going back to a centralized thing and why don't you just use this protocol over here directly and get 15%, yep. blah, blah, blah. What would be your kind of answer to that? And how do you think about where you should be involved and where you shouldn't be involved? Yeah, just up up front, there's no way to access these markets right now in a, in a, in a very clean way is what I'll say. So we have to, we're creating that business because there's enormous demand for it. And that's a huge net positive, I think, for the crypto markets, the crypto industry, and all the honest projects building here. Now, the next thing we want to do is take ourselves out of business, like compete with ourselves, you know, so provide an even more direct bridge and service our customers that way. So it's phase one, phase two. Um, but right now it's very clear what we need to do and we're, we're doing that and we're up and running right now. So people can, businesses can request access right now at meow.co. One of the things that I love about your team so much is that, you know, you're taking this thing that is kind of very complex and that I think a lot of people like to even make seem more complex than it is because it makes it seem like yeah. they're, they're smarter. And just build a really clear roadmap and say like, here are the things that we need to execute against. Right. That said, what are the biggest kind of surprises that you've seen or like the biggest challenges that you've had so far in, in building this business or the biggest deviations from that roadmap? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, compliance is no joke and we always took it seriously, but no one gives you a handbook that says this is these are exactly the steps you need to take. So there was a lot of planning, a lot of engineering and re-engineering, a lot of meetings. We spared no expense. I would say the majority of my time over the past six, seven months was focusing on what is the cleanest foundation for compliance that we can build so that we're around in a hundred years. Do you think there's anything that kind of, it's hard to paint the whole crypto community in kind of broad strokes, but like, you know, what do we do in the next year to make sure that things do kind of go that way versus getting overregulated and all of that? Honestly, I don't. I think it's overblown the concerns. Now I, I know that there's a bill that just passed with like bad language, but I do think it's I think it's inevitable that uh, the cryptocurrency industry succeeds. And I can I can say a few reasons why. And I, I said this back in like May of this year. So you look at the Bitcoin mining industry, there's huge incentive for states, for example, to grow mining industries there. It's real jobs that you can touch, feel, see, blue collar jobs. Now when it comes to jobs and like proof of stake, yeah, they can get lumped together as quote unquote shadowy super coders when it's, it's less tangible. You know, software jobs seem more fungible, but I think a, it's going to become quite evident that this is going to be a gigantic industry in itself. So I think this will correct itself as well. I think we've already hit the escape velocity. There's just so much capital flowing into this clean capital, honest capital, and so much optimism here that I, I think it's going to win out uh, pretty certainly. So you talk to a lot of you know, CFOs and different people kind of inside companies uh, and, and kind of bigger institutions who I would imagine, you know, and you said this yourself earlier, maybe start out kind of default skeptical and then come to a spot where they're having a conversation with you and seriously considering that. Part of that obviously is the difference between 0.01% or 0.25% if you're really lucky and 4%. Right. 
But like, what does it take those people or like, is there a path that you see among kind of like the CFOs or the institutional treasury type guys uh, and gals who, um, who've kind of made the leap? Like how do they walk that progression? And like, what are the kind of unlocks for them? End to end, um, we've definitely had a lot of success with companies that are, you know, up to series C, D, et cetera, but it's going to take even longer for the major, major public companies, you know, the Coca-Colas and the Pepsis to, to get their head around this. Now there's never been more tailwinds. There's never like inflation, for example, like deteriorating wealth. Uh, that's still going to be a process. We just want to be at the forefront of it, of explaining it very clearly. Uh, but you know, it, it's actually not as hard as you think for some of these series A, series B, series C companies at the very least and tech founders, they're forward thinking. They understand, they price things in engineers in their heads, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it. So if we zoom out again to this kind of hundred year vision, I kind of understand, yep. you know, now what that looks like for Meow. Like what does the world look like in a hundred years if kind of we get this right? Yeah, I think just liquidity, you know, efficient markets. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing uh, to, to be able to send cash dollars, any, any asset compliantly across the world in an instant streaming payments to people, uh, you know, earning yield from different opportunities, understanding the risk profiles, being able to, being able to interact with the, the new frontier of finance as easily as you can legacy financial instruments. I mean, this is all obvious and there's going to be a handful of companies that, that get us there. Our goal is to become one of them and hopefully the first, uh, but it's, you know, when you have a 10 X, you know, when you, when you have such a improvement in user experience, the, the sky is the limit. I mean, it's Bitcoin compared to gold. It's Amazon compared to Barnes and Noble. I mean, it, it, and we're not, we're talking about like even multiples of that if for whichever companies actually execute on that vision. What have you learned? Cause uh, you know, one of the things that I think that attracted me to Meow in the first place, other than just kind of talking to you and, and the team and kind of understanding the size of the opportunity and all of that is just that, you know, I think this is a really smart kind of on-ramp for these really big chunks of money uh, in into crypto. Yeah. I think we're kind of at the point in the cycle now where a lot of people have gotten from focusing on like how sophisticated and complex the underlying protocol is to like how you onboard and on-ramp the next kind of generation of users. What advice would you have for other founders building in Web3 on building bridges and on-ramps and things that make it easy while retaining kind of the power of the underlying tech? Yeah, it's, it's, it is challenging to build the bridge is what I'll say that that's why there's fewer bridges than a native, but there's a thriving, thriving crypto native ecosystem right now. Uh, and you can ship products very quickly. You can see the benefits of it. You can build a community. It's a lot of fun to build that. Uh, if I can help with the bridge world, I'm, I encourage anyone to reach out to me on the flip side, we need more crypto native engineers as well. And that's just, you are creating the new financial system for the world. So that's, that's very exciting. How has hiring engineers been? I mean, another, I guess, positive signal for you is that you have five ex Gemini people. I think it's always a good sign when I'm talking to companies right. and they're able to kind of rally former coworkers uh, together around a new yep. mission. What is it like hiring uh, kind of web three devs right now? Yeah, so we're, we're blessed. I mean, we have, we have a lot of people who, who want to work with us, which is, which is awesome. Uh, we're like pit bulls when it comes to culture. We're very much a no nonsense culture. We get the work done, laser focus as much no nonsense as you can possibly imagine. It's more no nonsense than that. Uh, so, you know, having people who are formerly at the ground floor of an exchange, a major exchange like Gemini, that's, that's a huge you know, thing. We know what to expect there. You know, you get like laser focused, competent people. And for other people, you know, I think the name meow is a big part of it, frankly, <laughs> I, 
once you work for a company with a fun name like that, it's hard to go back to one with, with a boring name. Uh, but yeah, as, as we scale up, we're, we're obviously going to, you know, engineering talent is so key. Engineers are assets They're They make the world go around, especially this new financial world. So, uh, we're excited to, to start scaling that up soon. So I guess recently you announced that, uh, you were able to rally a bunch of capital, uh, that'll help you scale up in the future. Can you tell us about the, the round? Yeah, so we raised uh, a little over five million in aggregate. Uh, Packy, you're a big part of that. <laughs> you're backer. Uh, we have, uh, you know, Coinbase is in it. Gemini Ventures, Coinbase Ventures, Gemini Ventures, uh, Lux Capital, uh, Ash Egan's new fund, Castle Island, uh, Jump Capital, Slow Ventures, and uh, Austin Reef at, at Morning Brew. Uh, really great, great angels, great backers. Uh, Anim Fund with Anya Hayden. She's she's great as well. Uh, you know, it's. We wanted to give ourselves, you know, we're in a great position right now. We're not accepting funding right now. Um, and we're just looking for the right partners moving forward. There's a lot of great interest, which we're, which we're blessed to receive. Uh, just the best we're looking for, you know, the best way to pour gas on the fire. And we're, we got some partnerships that are pretty exciting, like in the pipeline. Um, so hopefully, uh, I'll be able to talk about those in the next month or so as well. And this is like a zero knowledge proof. I can't tell you what the partnerships are, but I can promise you that they are very exciting. So. <laughs> definitely, definitely stay tuned. And I guess maybe not as trustless as zero knowledge proof should be, but just trust me. Um, what, what were those conversations like? Like what, what is fundraising like in this environment? Like, I think you always hear right now things are crazy and it's easy to raise money and all of that, but obviously it's yep. a hard process. What was it like for you raising? We raised our raises back in April and we thought it was a you know, we didn't know any VCs at the time. Like this was a totally new process to us. So we wanted to be a little bit conservative and we thought, cause uh, we thought, you know, a bear market could be right around the corner, but things have just gotten more and more absurd, frankly. Uh, so, you know, we are big in like under promising over delivering. That's just how we're wired. So we're not trying to play any games with this whatsoever, but it is a very, very attractive market for founders right now. If you are, if you've ever flirted with, you know, building something crypto native, et cetera, and you're an ethical person, you're competent, uh, I would, I would look to do something because there's, there's more money, money needs places to invest right now. And if you're, if you're good, uh, you know, VCs will, would love to back you right now. You hinted at the bear market there. Another one of the concerns that I got from people when I read about BlockFi was like, yeah, things seem great now because it's, uh, you know, it's a bull market for crypto and blah, blah, blah. Like what happens when inevitably we hit the next cycle and the markets crash? What happens to, to Meow in, in a bear cycle in your kind of best guess? Yeah, it's a great question. So like I, we worked at Gemini when there was a bear market, you know, and that's a lot of people entered the crypto space in the 2020, 2021, and, and they only know the, the great times. So our mindset is, you know, in the bull market, you should build a company that's for a bear market effectively. We want to build a sustainable foundation that's not riding a high and then has no business model afterwards. So we're going to be here for a hundred years and we know how to make a product that people will want, regardless of if a JPEG is selling for, you know, a billion dollars or, or $5. And I'm not dumping on NFTs. I have some myself. I, <laughs> they're a lot of fun, but you know, bear mark, build a bear market company in a bull market is kind of what we're thinking about. And then. The next bull market, you'll be very, very happy that you, you, you know, you're hedged in that, in that, in that, in that way. That makes sense. What happens specifically on the yield side? Is, is there kind of a one-to-one -one correlation between yields and prices or what's that relationship look like? Yep. So definitely the speculation in the bull market does help yields, but there's a lot of pricing integrity here because there's so much capital 
entering the crypto markets and that will continue to, that's, you know, creating new tokens, creating new opportunities for speculation, there's going to be demand for this capital for quite some time. So we think that there is going to be some pricing integrity on the yields for quite some time. And at the end of the day, we feel like we're competing with the Federal Reserve. So if we're competing with a money printer that never turns off, we feel like we're in a good position. We just really want to, and, you know, frankly, worst case, we get to provide exposure to assets that nobody else is currently providing exposure to, you know, different DeFi protocols. Uh, and we're, we're good with that. We'll just obsess over the customer experience and, and just get ready. All right. So for everybody out there listening, you've said a lot about Meow so far. You know, I'm going to put some not boring balance sheet probably in it once I have enough money to actually <laughs> do that. But what's your like kind of closing pitch? If you're a corporate treasurer, CFO, someone who has the ear of the CFO, give me like the 30 yeah. seconds on why they should work with Meow. Look, we, we, we put things in a very black and white way in terms of compliance. I can't stress compliance enough. We are in a very, very good position there. Uh, we deal with cash only. So the language you already know how to speak, cash in, cash out with three business day withdrawals. So the same liquidity you're used to from a money market account, we offer with potentially much, much higher rates. We're offering 4% potential yields to you. Now, this is a big, big deal when it comes to inflation. It's, you know, your purchase power is either decreasing or you have a chance to, to maintain that integrity. I think the key is understanding why we think these yields are mispriced. And if it fits your appetite, we're happy to talk to you. Uh, but this is going to be a, you know, we'll, we'll be around in a hundred years. So we can talk in five years too, if you'd like. <laughs> and if people want to talk to you today, where should they go to talk to you? Yeah, you can go to meow.co. Uh, you can request access there. We have, you know, a customer success team reaching out, uh, to, to all the new, uh, onboardies. So that's, that's the easiest way. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter. I'm at Arvanagi and uh, our Twitter handle is at join meow. Amazing. Brandon, this is a lot of fun. I am so psyched to be part of uh, the meow family and be on this journey with you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on not boring founders. Thanks a lot, Packy. Have fun. Meow, 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 me